Welcome back to another episode of Knowledge Under the Influence. I'm your host, Martez. You can follow me on Instagram at Martez underscore for show. That's F-A-S-H-O. Man, see, I got a special guest. I have Lisa of Sister Pie on the podcast. How are you, Lisa? I'm great. How are you? Thanks I'm for having me. I'm great. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest. Um, So, um, when you were growing up, what did you aspire to be as a kid? When I was younger, probably around age five, I wanted to be a baker, a movie star, and a haircutter. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, I think, came from... I actually don't even know where <laughs> all of that came from. I think it was like things that I did. I baked with my mom and uh-huh. I got my hair cut and yeah. I watched TV. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I think that's kind of where that came from. Um, and then for a while, I really wanted to be an actress. So really? I kind of did take that uh, movie star ambition and, uh-huh. and translate it into that. I was always really interested in, in performing. I did uh-huh. a lot of dancing when I was a kid. I did a lot of theater. Uh-huh. And when I went to college, I actually studied theater. Really? Wow. Yeah. So that was sort of my ambition for a while. But then I got back into the baking ambition a little bit later in life. What do, what do you think, like, um, like influenced you to want to, like, do all those things? Like, bake, did your mom bake or did or did you know anybody to act or to cut hair? <laughs> I don't know where the hair cutting thing <laughs> came from. Um, really, no idea. But... I also don't have like a very, it's mostly just my mom telling me this memory. So right, I don't remember yeah. like strongly identifying with the haircutting ambition. Yeah, but, yeah. um, I think, I think for the baking, I remember actually my earliest memory of life is uh-huh. when I was like maybe two or three and uh-huh. I lived in Royal Oak with my parents and they would take me to the Cinnabon that okay, isn't yeah, there yeah. anymore, yeah. but they would, uh, kind of like lift me up to the counter so that I could see the bakers, you Uh know, rolling out the dough and spreading the the butter on it. (laughs) And I was just mesmerized. Mm -hmm. And I think that really made me want to kind of get in there with my hands and make stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't think I did like a ton of baking when I was a kid. Okay. I, you know, I I did it with my mom every once in a while. Uh Um, but it, it wasn't something that I was actively pursuing, although I always really liked to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, and then with theater, I was just, I think, straight out of the womb. I was mm. very much like a performer and was, you know, directing my neighbors in plays that I would write mm-hmm. when I was growing up and kind of bossing everyone around in yeah. the process, which I think then sort of, you know, translated to, to what I do today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would like choreograph dances to like full children's albums uh-huh. and then teach it to my friends and then have my mom record the whole thing to what? send to our grandma. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was pretty intense about it. Are you originally from Detroit? I grew up in Milford. Okay. Most of my childhood. So I, I was born in Southfield, then lived a couple of years in Royal Oak mm-hmm. and then spent most of my childhood in Milford. Um, and then I went to Kalamazoo College, so I moved there for four years, and then to New York for six years after that, mm-hmm. and then I moved to the city of Detroit in 2012. What did you study when you were in? Uh in th- theater, when I was at Kalamazoo College. Okay, Yeah, wow. I studied theater. So you had put that much time into theater and then just kind of... Yeah, uh, I think, uh, you know, theater and acting in general is like a really hard field to actually break into to successful from a financial standpoint yeah and i think you know they always say if you can't imagine yourself doing anything else 
then stick with theater. But yeah. if you can think of other careers, uh-huh. you probably should just do those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I could always think of a ton of different things I wanted to do. And yeah. so, you know, once I moved to New York and, and was thinking, okay, I'm going to give this theater thing a shot. It was already kind of distracted by all these other opportunities and yeah. possibilities and curiosities. And I think that's when I really kind of got into food. And I don't really think I ever truly abandoned my theater right, passions yeah. because I use it as a business owner, mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, kind of being able to speak my story, yeah, right. but also to kind of insert personality into our business life. Right. Um, and, and I was really interested in directing theater. Okay. And, you know, that basically is this equivalent of being a boss in theater. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. I think those <laughs> those kind of skills and passions like have translated into what I do mm-hmm. with my business now. Okay. And you've been, how long has Sister Pie been around? Uh, I started it in November 2012, so it'll be seven years this November. And you started just like out of your house? Out of my parents' house, okay. yeah. So I moved back from New York and actually moved in with them for a while mm-hmm. and used their kitchen to bake my first pies yeah. and sat in their basement kind of writing a business plan. Wow. Yeah, and so I, I was so like privileged and lucky enough to be able to do that. You mm-hmm. know, most people, when they're starting a business, you know, they're, they're working a full-time job yeah. and they're hustling to get that going. And I am so grateful for the, you know, the opportunity that my parents provided for me, which was, hey, live here with us for free and we'll you know support you and feed you while you kind of pursue this and i lucky for them i think it worked out pretty well Uh (laughs) but i think you know that was a big risk that i mean it wasn't a big risk that they took i think secretly they were probably pretty happy to have me there since i'd been living out of state for so long um but but it was a really great opportunity for me to kind of get my feet wet yeah and then really fully understand okay do i want to take this to the next step mm-hmm. which you know every step you take gets a little bit riskier yeah. for a while especially in those first few years well yeah and that's what i'm because if i mean you st- started there like it's hard like to become a brick and mortar and actually have a storefront like that's huge so w- at what point did you say you know what i can take this to brick and mortar and have an actual store like <laughs> business is doing that well i can move out now and yeah I definitely think I took every step of the business as it came to me. So it wasn't ever like, oh, you know, this is my final goal and I've got to get there. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of took the pressure off in that way so that I I think I was uh, able to respond a little bit more organically to what was happening to the business. And so about, um, I guess it was like a year and a half in, I had transitioned to a a licensed kitchen in Detroit, in Midtown. Mm-hmm. Angie, who's sitting in the office right now, right here. Hey, Angie. Hey, Angie. <laughs> um, she was part of the team at that point. Uh-huh. So I had this other support system. And we were selling our pies and cookies at different wholesale accounts across the city. Mm-hmm. So coffee shops and then a market that is used to be right across the street from Sister Pie and sadly has since closed. But we would go there. I would go there all the time and bring pies and cookies and scones mm-hmm. and muffins and hand pies and they would sell out really quickly. So yeah. there was clearly a demand in this particular neighborhood for sister pie, but also people that had kind of found out about us, mm-hmm. you know, just from the internet or something would travel to this location to, yeah. to try this stuff. And that was really strong evidence to me, you know, Hey, people want more. Right, there is demand. Yeah. We've identified like a great um, location for the, you know, to fulfill the demand. And then as time went on, we noticed that across the street, this space, which actually, and this is where the haircutting ties in, <laughs> used to be a hair salon. Wow. 
um, became available for lease. Uh And I was just like, you know what? There's just, this just all makes sense. Yeah. It's a beautiful location. We love this neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I wanted to move to the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and there wasn't a bakery, you know, within walking distance for anyone who lives in the neighborhood. And so I think a bakery is such a wonderful part of the fabric of a community. You know, it's a, it's a gathering place. Um, it's something that doesn't really go out of style. Mm -hmm. And so it, it was all becoming really clear to me. And then we started leasing it and and also applied for this hatch Detroit contest. Are Uh you familiar with that? No, I've never. It's, um, it's for a startup business in the city. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of, it has to be the launch of your business basically. And it's a $50,000 grant to open your business. And I had applied for it the year before when I was just in the first year of business and I wasn't really prepared you know yeah. but the second year i felt much more confident mm-hmm. and so we applied and and really hustled and we won yeah and wow. so i think like knowing that that award existed and seeing this space available that was the moment where it was kind of like okay mm-hmm. if i can if i can make these two things happen in tandem yeah i'm going for it yeah you know they kind of influenced each other yeah so it was all it, it was really on like timing timing was huge and like the right place at the right time like it seemed like everything kind of happened the way it was supposed to happen for you kind of yeah i think it's about recognizing what's in front of you and, mm-hmm. and taking the opportunities but also really taking the risks because yeah. it felt like a crazy huge risk at that point yeah. you know i didn't i didn't really know exactly what i was doing and no one really does the first time that they open a space yeah, you yeah, know yeah. and so um it just took a lot of um work and trust and 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 reaching out for support Mm -hmm. from the many people in our lives i mean both mine and angie's who were very helpful during that time and and would come and and you know tear down walls with us strip wallpaper and and do all the things that you know we truly couldn't just do on our own yeah and i think from the beginning from the very beginning when i moved in with my parents but through every step of the way we've always kind of had a community of people rallying around mm-hmm. us and that has been so essential to what we do yeah so when you um before you started this like what did you do full-time like before you mm-hmm. i was so I, when i was living in new york i had a variety of different jobs mm-hmm. i worked originally at a starbucks for a year and a half i worked at several kind of like random food establishments. Mm-hmm. And then I also worked as a nanny mm-hmm. for a family for four years. What? Yeah. It was actually, I met the family through a theater, um, through a theater job. Mm-hmm. And and I became a part-time, well, sometimes part-time, sometimes full-time yeah. for this family, these two children. And it was a really cool job to have. I mean, it was, it was really sometimes like emotionally harder than most jobs I think are because it was such a personal connection and I truly and to this day still like love those kids so much you know but it was also this kind of cool way to have like a family source Mm -hmm. in a city that was otherwise you know unfamiliar to me and and didn't I didn't have any family there and it was also like flexible so that I could do these other things so I like started filming this cooking show out of my apartment where I would set my laptop on my refrigerator Uh and kind of film myself making a new recipe every week so it was kind of this merging of my old passion of theater with my new passion of cooking and baking yeah it's on YouTube okay (laughs) there's a lot 
of them that I've made private since uh-huh. then because I'm too embarrassed of them. Yeah. But you could find it. It's <laughs> called Funny Side Up. I'm going to link it. There's also a few of them on our website. Okay. Linked, but yeah, it was, I mean, I did like a hundred episodes of it. So th- there are bound to be some bad ones. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know. Gee. And, yeah. And so you were making like your own cooking show right in your apartment. Yeah, it was extremely low budget. Uh-huh. Um, it got to a point where I was like... <laughs> I would like make food for a celebrity and then like dress up as that celebrity and like <laughs> eat it in front of myself and film like two parts of an interview, like me as myself uh-huh. and then me as like, you know, Steve Martin or something. <laughs> that one has been taken down because I'm really embarrassed yeah, in my impression yeah, yeah. of him. But anyway, um, that's something I did. And then after that, and kind of once my nannying job was winding down, mm-hmm. I started working at a place called Momofuku Milk Bar, mm. which is a pretty famous bakery in New York and, and now kind of worldwide. But at the time that I worked there, it was still kind of in its first few years. Yeah. And, and I was a huge fan. And so I um, first worked behind the counter and then kind of weaseled my way back into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And that's where I really got, you know, the bulk of my professional kitchens, kitchen experience. Mm-hmm. And, and it was from there that I thought, you know what, actually... I'm going to do this on my own. Yeah. And so very out of the norm, I would say, in, in probably a way that didn't completely serve me well, which was that I didn't have a ton of kitchen experience. Like yeah. I didn't have a ton of professional kitchen experience. And I think if I could go back and have realized this all like a few years earlier, uh-huh. I would have wanted to work in more places, Okay. you know, to yeah. kind of really get myself into it. But with that said, I did work in a lot of places. It wasn't, I didn't necessarily work in them with the knowledge that I wanted to open a place open, of my yeah. own, but I still had a pretty wide variety of job experiences that I think led me to where I am now. Yeah. What was like some fears, like just starting off, like what were some of your biggest fears, like trying to do this at like full time, like mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, like just do it? I think, you know, originally the biggest fear was just like, are people going to like my food? Like, yeah. am I going to be able to make food that people really want to eat enough mm-hmm. to pay for it mm-hmm. and enough, you know, beyond just me having it as a hobby? I think at the very beginning, there was very little trust on in myself that that was right, something I was yeah. capable of. Yeah. And then I think it, um, it just kind of, I'm not even sure how I accessed like the confidence to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I think I was just trying it out and again like I said you know so many people around me who were I think really encouraging me even at the point when like maybe my stuff wasn't that good yeah yeah (laughs) you know it was it was maybe in development but I kind of um I think again like something from my theater background that really helped was just this idea of like improvisation like you can put something out there Uh and it might be great and it might not be but you're putting it out there and it's like real and it's from your heart and and that's like the best way to keep going yep. forward. And so I think that's sort of how I, I thought of it. Um, otherwise, I think just financially the risk was, you know, I came back from New York with just like my security deposit from my apartment Holy to my crap. name. I had yeah. no money because living in New York, it's truly paycheck to paycheck yeah, yeah. or mo- more like how often am I overdrawing my account, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, and so, but again, like the risk didn't feel as large as it could have because I was able to kind of transition into mm-hmm. living with my parents for a while. And then, you know, I got a part time job to supplement what I was doing. And then it, it took me, you know, a while to actually pay myself through sister pie. Yeah. Um, so for a while I was I was making, you know, not really enough money to survive, yeah. just enough to like pay my rent. Yeah. Um, and and that was tough. Mm-hmm. But also. I think I think it was 
a necessary risk. Um, and so none of it, I don't think any of it ever felt like so intimidating that I couldn't move on. Yeah. I couldn't keep going. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy because like when someone, anyone wants to like start something, whether it be a bakery or anything, it's like that those first steps are the hardest. Like people are scared they're getting their, their own way. They talk themselves out of doing it because like you said, like the risk is so huge. It's like some people, are you willing to live paycheck to paycheck? Are you willing to tell all your friends, hey, no, I can't go on this trip with you? Like, I mean, you got to make a lot of sacrifice when it comes to being an entrepreneur and being a business owner. You can't like have as much freedom and and, and always party and buy hmm. everything you want to buy. And right. maybe you have to wear the same clothes for weeks on end. Like, and a lot of people don't understand that. So for you yeah. to be able to identify that and say, you know what, I mean, this is, just you know what i have to do to to make it like it, it like it, it's just crazy like a lot of people can't do that yeah i think i've always preferred the more i guess like the unpredictable lifestyle okay, yeah. and so i think you know there's definitely things that i've i guess you could say sacrificed from doing this like yeah. i don't have a very traditional life in any way yeah and i don't like go on regular vacations yeah. and i don't have the social relationships <laughs> that i'd like to have but i've had so many opportunities through doing this yeah that have been very cool and fun in their own way and yeah. so i don't really feel like i'm hurting for experiences you right, know yeah, yeah. um and if anything you know i feel like i've gotten to do so many fascinating things through yeah. this this life uh -huh. um i mean sometimes i really wish that things could feel a little bit more i don't even know if balanced is the right word but if I could figure out, you know, the other end of my life a yeah, little bit more, yeah. but also I'm happy to be like kind of totally enmeshed in yeah. sister pie all the time. Yeah. You know, it's pa my passion and I, I love the people that I work with. Yeah. What I, what I think is unique. And I mean, I've, I've been to a couple of different breakeries and I mean, I'm, um, you guys only do like um, you do like a, a rotating or a monthly menu. You don't have like just 16 pies every day. You do like a certain amount of pies per month, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Like we usually menu. have about four pies on the menu. Uh -huh. um, and I guess that's the other thing. Like we aren't just a pie shop. You right. know? So the name is Sister Pie, of course, but our focus is kind of on a full line of baked goods. So we've mm -hmm. got cookies and breakfast baked goods like scones and muffins. Mm -hmm. We have these little savory egg on top galettes and um some other things and so i think the menu the pie menu is very seasonally based mm -hmm. you know so right now we've got one pie that has some rhubarb in it mm -hmm. and as the summer and the spring you know finally shows its face we'll have a lot more fruit to work with right yeah so we're kind of going through the year changing the pies as things become available mm -hmm. to us and i think that makes it Exciting for the customer. It's also, I think, confusing for a lot of people yeah, who come yeah, in yeah. and they're like, why don't you have apple pie right now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because my first time coming here, I had came here and uh, I brought my mom and like, I didn't know what to expect. I had never come here. I was like, she was like, well, do they have? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I see two pies right there. It was, I think it was the uh, the chocolate. Milk chocolate chest or yeah, chocolate. Milk okay. chocolate yeah, yeah. chest. Mm -hmm. And it was the, the maple one. Yeah. Those were, I think that was in March. Um, and I, we had come here and she's like, well, do they have, and I'm like, I don't know. So then we talked to, uh, one of the girls, she's upstairs actually. And she told us that it was a, a rotating thing. And I was like, oh, okay. But we ended up 
we ended up trying, I was like, oh, okay. I guess it didn't matter which pie would have been sitting out here. It still would have been great. So, oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I didn't know. I thought that was really cool, though. Um, is it okay? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, yeah, okay. Whatever. Right. Um, so, I, I, I thought that was really cool. And um, what I also do like is you have a a a cook a pie book, a cookbook yeah. that you mm-hmm. actually are. So, you're just... Is that like the your re- your actual recipe? No cutting corners like that's you, how you make your yeah. Pies. I mean, you know, we write them like a slightly differently, and they're they're smaller, of course. But right. Yeah. There was no intention to hide anything from anyone. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. So that, and I thought like that transparency it adds that much more value to sister pie and and the consumers because it's like I mean everything is right here. You want to know how to do it? It's right here. I'm not hiding anything. Yeah. So I really appreciate that when I seen out is like the cook the the book was just sitting up there and I'm like oh this for sure this is great. And so my mom got it for Mother's Day actually. Oh that's wonderful. Yeah yeah yeah. So um I just thought that was cool to actually offer that to people when it's like you know what goes into the pie and if you want to sit at home and then you guys also do um the classes right? Yeah yeah yeah. yeah we're huge on transparency. I think. We want people to have the option to to experience Sister Pie how they want to. Yeah. Whether that's in their home kitchen or here at a class or, you know, just coming by to eat a slice of pie. The classes have been so great. And I I don't think I don't think I ever had that in my mind in the very beginning, Uh like as something that we were going to do. But people kind of were requesting it. And so we started it like three and a half years ago. We started Uh doing them. Um, and now they're very popular. They sell out, you know, within a half yeah. hour of us posting the tickets online. Um, and so that is helping us to understand what's the next step for the business, exactly. which is um, to, you know, we're, we're going to be working on this bigger space that's kind of well, up yeah, the I was, street. I was wondering that because it's only location. You, you, you're not going to necessarily open up a second location, but just expanding. Correct. Bit. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Why not get like a, like more than one location? Right. Um, I've always been pretty against that. Mm-hmm. I think it feels like, or it looks to me like a very common choice for mm-hmm. a business to make a business mm-hmm. like mine, especially to say like, okay, we have this one successful one. So let's open one mm-hmm. 20 minutes from here and then an hour from here and then just keep going and multiplying. But I think for us, the access to sister pie food is just as important as the sister pie experience, Yeah, which is coming to this place. I mean, like you said, when you walked in, I don't yeah. remember exactly what it was, but you uh-huh. were like, wow, like it's popping in. Yeah, here it something. is. You it, know, there's yeah. this energy. Yeah. And I think it's really hard to replicate that energy too many times. Uh-huh. Um, and that's always been really clear to me, especially just based on experiences that I had. I've had wherever I've traveled, yeah. you know, the, the difference between, Going to a singular location yeah. and going to a place where there's multiples, like and you can tell a difference. Yep. And I think, and I think that that does that the consistency is lost. Like I think when people and some people try to move faster than they're supposed to, it's like okay, you got this one successful location, but it, it could on it might only work for that one successful location right there. Maybe it's only meant to be a mom and pop one stop shop right there. Yeah. And like I, when I walked in, it was literally like. I think it was a, a, cu- a couple customers lined and a couple customers like sitting down, but like it was just like this energy I felt, and it was just like among the people working. I'm like, it's just like wow, like it feels good to me because, like I know that people are genuinely happy. Yeah. You don't see anybody like sitting around, and when, if you're baking, and a lot of people say like, make things with love. 
that's how you want things to be made with love. And like you see all these people around there sitting around there talking, they're having fun, they're still doing their jobs. And it's like so much energy. And you're like, whoa. And people are still attentive. And I'm like, it just made me smile. Like it's so busy here. But like mm. they're just having so much fun. And it, and it looks like people are happy. And to be a, a, a small business, like, and to have like people that, you know, local from the community work here and have them happy. And they, I mean, they could be at a different company, but they're here with you. So it's like, obviously they, they, they love what they're doing and they love, you know, you as a boss. Well, you know, we all have our good days and our bad days uh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, 100%. But we do try really hard to just kind of make it a good place to work and to keep the communication open. Yeah. And um, we're huge on talking about stuff. We try to talk about everything that happens yeah. and, um, you know, again, like some days are, are perfect and some days aren't, but I think that everyone knows the intention is there Yeah. and that we are trying our best, you know? And so I think that everyone kind of feels that energy. How do you keep the, like, how do you keep the like morale up? Um, I try, well, for one thing, I try to be here as much as I can, Okay. you know, which I think means a lot to people. Like I think people want to be working alongside their boss. They mm -hmm. want to be, you know, the person who's in charge. They want to see them actually working. Like, I think that's important to people, yeah. you know? Well, I like that, but then I, I like, I, I would hate if I see my, I do like it <laughs> because you're that accessible. Like I know, like right. when you get to like these big, huge companies and it's like, it's like, I've never even met the owner. I've met, but when you yeah. can actually see the owner, you like, I mean, I'd see the owner every day. I see she's here all the time. Like that feels good. But me personally, I'm like, like when the boss is not around, I like to loosen up my shirt. I right. mean, I'm, like it just, okay. it's just so much tension. Like, even though I'm going to do my job, but it's like, eh, go home. I, I feel so, I feel good that I, like, I, I don't need you. I got this. I totally. Can, that, yeah. Like, I'm just that, like that leader mentality. So me personally, I don't want to see my boss. I, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Like, but yeah. if you hear that much though, it's just like, okay, it's normal. Well, yeah, and I do think I'm sure that there's plenty of that, and I have several employees who are consistently trying to get me to leave. Yeah, I think for both reasons, like, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. I got this, but also you need to go take a nap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think uh, that's a big part of it because I I think that what you really said that made sense is that I'm accessible. You exactly. know, like they can directly talk to me mm -hmm. about problems they're having exactly and even if i don't have like a great solution which mm -hmm. sometimes i don't um we know that we can keep the conversation going yeah um other than that you know we try to like provide some good benefits this past year we started to be able to pay for health insurance oh wow um we're only i mean we're able to cover half of their health insurance yeah. but we got a really great plan through uh -huh. our payroll system um we actually partnered with Live Cycle Delight, mm -hmm. the gym that's got two locations right yeah. within walking distance. Mm -hmm. And so all of our employees can go work out for free. Wow. Yeah. That's sweet. See, and so that's I'm pretty sold. cool. I'm so I like to work yeah, out. Yeah, you want to so. work here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. Wow. Yeah, so stuff like that. And I think I think more than anything, like we're all just kind of goofy together. Yeah. Like we really embrace the silliness. Yeah. You know, and we try not to take the pie part like too seriously. Yeah. And so we have a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, who doesn't want to have fun? Exactly. <laughs> How do you come up with, like, the, the pie flavors? Uh, I think kind of going back to the, the seasonal nature of things, uh -huh. um, especially at the beginning when I was first establishing what all these recipes would be, I was able to say, like, okay, I've got, you know, sour cherries and i need to think about what will go with sour cherries and so kind of having that structure of mm -hmm. i only have these ingredients to work with right now really helped i think me and and some other staff creatively think a little bit outside of of yeah. the normal 
the normal flavors yeah. because we we always want our food to kind of be like rooted in tradition but but have something a little bit interesting that makes yeah. it kind of a unique experience yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's cool um so uh detroit they're 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 really they're rebuilding detroit right now um it's really up and coming like do you guys do any like are you involved in like community doing any like charity work do you have any like organizations you give back to or percentage of the pies or yeah um we, we try to i'm trying to make sure that our business is as involved with like our direct community as much as possible and yeah. so um, i try to go to like a lot of the community meetings that are mm -hmm. hosted um, when we've been working on our second location we've been involving the community in our zip code in the conversation asking yeah, them what they sweet. want um we have a neighborhood discount mm -hmm. and one thing that we do every year is we partner with a local organization and focus all of our our kind of fundraising and donation efforts toward them okay so last year it was the detroit food academy mm -hmm. and this year it's alternatives for girls okay um it, I, I wonder if in the future they're always going to be sort of youth oriented, which I yeah. think makes sense given our sort of educational aspect of yeah. our business. Um, and so what we do with the organizations is um, we'll teach a couple of pie classes mm -hmm. to some of the folks involved in the organization. Um, we will help with any sort of if they have a fundraiser every year, you okay. know, we'll try to donate food for that or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And then what we've done also is is kind of have them help us design a cookie. Oh, sweet. so they sort of get to like pick the ingredients yeah. and then we develop this recipe and then we sell the cookie for kind of a higher price than most of our cookies are. Uh -huh. And we, you know, we sell it for like five dollars and mm -hmm. we, we keep one dollar to cover our costs. Yeah. Yep. And then the four dollars sold from every cookie goes to this organization. Wow. And so we're able we do it pretty much for like a whole summer. Yeah. And we're able to make that sort of. You know, for us, what's a significant donation? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then we do a cookie swap at the end of every year for around the holiday season. Uh -huh. um, and that's also a fundraiser yeah. for the organization. So the year kind of ends with that big fundraiser. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I like that you said that, like, it, like you wonder, are they, they going to always be youth, you know, s centered around the youth? And it's like, to me, I, I like that concept. I like the idea because it's like the youth you know they're up and coming like they're the next generation like of course you know you want to you want to you know do everything centered around the youth like to to me i think that's huge because i mean there's so many you know l less fortunate uh families out here you know and 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 to give back to the community starting with the youth i mean that 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 is the, that's the community the youth is the community like you don't just look at the the community as just you know other business owners small businesses no you got to really protect the youth and start at the youth and i think that's huge you know it means a lot to me because i i know like where i grew up there wasn't a lot of youth involved and like people even caring about youth programs or trying to do youth startups and it's like i mean it, you see it time and time again people are you know the youth are, are lost and getting in troubles because they don't have these, you know, activities and stuff to do. So it's like to ha have that mentality and to actually do things for the youth and since it around the youth, you know, it, it's huge. It means a lot. Oh, thank you. Yeah, really I mean, yeah, I, I know how important it is for kids. I remember I have such distinct memories of the mm -hmm. types of organizational like, exactly. activities that I did when I was a kid. Yeah. So um, I think as we realize that that's kind of a, a, a direction we're heading in and, and also... You know, I think a lot of the folks that we hire are are young, like yeah. the people who are coming right out of high school or college. Yeah. And so 
to be able to kind of identify that as like a strength in our business, I think has been has been great and we want to yeah. keep going with it. That's huge. All right. So for anybody who wanted to like be an entrepreneur or, or start a business or anything, like what advice would you give to them? Hmm. I would say, you know, test out your idea as much as you can mm-hmm. on a kind of low risk, small scale first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the way that I sort of was like, okay, I'm going to make some pies and bring them over to family and friends and see what they think. Kind of take each step slowly. You know, I think there's sometimes this feeling of like, oh, I have to just like open up my shop and that's it. But I think the more that you can kind of test the market out Mm -hmm. is great. And while you're doing that, have lots of conversations with people who could be your future customers about what they want. You know, it's not just about your idea of what your business is. Your business will be so much more successful. Mm And you'll have so many more people supporting you if you are listening to and hearing what they're wanting from Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Well, I I I definitely appreciate you, you know, joining me for this interview. I mean, it 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 really means a lot. Like I said, you don't really know, you know, someone's intentions and and when where they came from and how they got here. And you hear somebody stirring you like what you went through this and you want to do this. And how did you get like from acting to baking? Like, I mean, you always kind of had it, but it's like you just kind of dropped all that. I was like, I'm going to bake. So and I always ask that question, like, you know, what did you aspire to be growing up because of reasons like, you know, trying to hear as a adolescent growing up like what did you want to do like how did you get to there and it's like I I really I really it's seven of us I have seven brothers and sisters so you know I really appreciate the 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 upbringings of everybody and and how they got to where they are and what influenced and it's like it it really does excite me because I love hearing like different stories of life and backgrounds it's like wow like you went from this to this and now you're here. So it really does mean a lot to hear your story. So I definitely appreciate you coming and uh, doing this interview with me. It means a lot. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, where can people find you on social media or is it sisterpie.com? Sister uh, yeah. So our website is sisterpie.com. Uh-huh. Instagram is at sisterpie Detroit. Uh-huh. And at then sister- facebook.com slash sisterpie. <laughs> yeah, we don't have Twitter. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, go visit Sister Pie. Uh, they have a great pies. I actually tried the, um, I think it was the maple salted salted maple salted maple, yeah. and then the chocolate milk chocolate milk chocolate chest. That's maybe? the one. Milk chocolate chest. Milk chocolate chest. There we go. Um, so definitely go check out um sister pie and lisa and her team is great over here the energy is great the energy is awesome it's, it's so much energy and it looks like a great place to work and everybody's having fun um the pie is great the atmosphere is great the location is great wow um yeah what more could you ask for i mean you can't <laughs> you can't so i definitely appreciate everybody for listening man and check out sister pie and thanks for listening